0: Wir sind da ein bisschen
1: For Natalia, and we've learned throughout her career, that's a that's a great game plan when it comes to Natalia. Ooh. Try to frustrate Natty. Once her emotions get in the way, it's very hard for her to keep her composure. But right now, sharpshooter. Oh, two drop returning the favor, slapping Natalia for Uh-oh. Uh-oh. the roll up. One, two, three. Oh. Two drop into the semifinal. talk to him later we're going to freak figure- out you still don't get it do you still no don't get it do you listen to me Shayna Baszler is at her best. Vicious submission and great rollout by Dana Brooke and a roll up, but can't quite hold it. Oh, baby. baby. Look at that power turning it around to the cover. That's it. On to the semifinals for Shayna Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler it's Woods again. Oh, oh, oh! just leveled Xavier Woods. Those people right after fear. Watch out. Watch out from behind. Dinder oh, from Shoulders down. Oh, no. Oh. Kingston escapes. This right. match continues on. Great crucifix transition, but couldn't quite get it done. tinder has been rocked. What a comeback this would be. Uh-oh, uh-oh. The Colossus gotta be it, hook in the leg, one, two, three. Wow. Here's your winner, the modern day Maharaja, Shinder Mahal. <laughs> oh, ah, uh, foot on his chest. Foot on his chest, we're done with this guy. Finally getting it over with mercifully. There's the one, two, three. That's a riddle been through right, enough already. wait oh, oh, right, right a second. Miles oh. wow, is waiting. Oh, oh wait oh, a second. KJ, oh. turn around. RKO once again. The Piper strikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, he. Oh. Oh. First in the turnbuckle, the officials had it. enough. Well, the official had no choice. Saw it goes from a tag match to a no contest. That's. Exploder. We don't expect the action to stop now. Look at this. Lynch wants to disarm her. Belair. Really? Belair's in trouble. They take yeah. Belair's ha- uh, arm home with her. Yaka Belair, look at it. Defiant oh. Belair. I think we're about oh, to take a deep on wow. that trip home, Jimmy. I think oh. so. Look at Lynch hanging onto the top rope for dear life. Backstabber once again. Kick to the body. Uppercut from Bex, but Sasha wants the backstabber again. Lynch, with other plans. Look at the manhandle that goes back and forth. It's oh! Nasty kick. on the top. Oh! Right to the heart. Cover. One, two, three. Xavier Woods moves on to the second round. Oh, oh man. Major winner, the New Days, Xavier Woods. It has got to feel good for Xavier Woods. Now one massive step closer to achieving his lifelong dream. Goldberg, You can't beat the Almighty you can't hurt the Almighty. And Goldberg, you damn sure can't kill the Almighty. They're destroying oh. literally everything in oh, sight. Wait a minute. Wait a second. Right to the arms of oh, the tides are turning. But who are friends and who are enemies right now, Corey? That's my question. Does this answer your question? Yes, it does. Drew McIntyre, Biggie flailing away. Big e looking for the big ending. McIntyre, they must support. Oh, oh more to the gym. And now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're gonna put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Jeff Littman.
2: Hello, PwC Universe, and welcome to the Raw Review Show. Uh, we're coming to you live from Lake of the Woods, Ontario, Canada, and from Charm City, the home of Ring of Honor, Baltimore, Maryland, because it's me, uh, Christopher Ams. We'll talk about why you're hearing me on a Raw Review Show real quick here, but joining me tonight, who is he was nice enough to join me, um, also from the PwC, our very own
3: Jeff Lippman. Jeff, how you doing, bud? Hey, what's going on, Christopher Silence of the Ams. It's been a while. Yes, it is I, the foreign object. The Pro Wrestling Coalition really is a coalition of the willing. And One of our members goes down, hit by hostile enemy fire. We have to swoop one in, no podcast left behind. So we've got to, we've got to pick up the slack. And here we are, the, the relief corps, the rear guards, the dregs, the bottom of the barrel, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the Praetorians, and yep, so the PwC is strong. We have troops galore. So I'm here. I'm happy to be hosting a show with Chris. It's been a while since the two of us have worked together. And Jimmy T, get well soon with whatever it is that's ailing you. It sounds like Chris may have more insight.
2: Uh, yeah. So Jimmy's under the weather. I'm not going to go into exactly what's wrong with him, but he's he's feeling pretty pretty bad. And I mean, today was his birthday too. So I mean, extra Aww. crappy. Yeah. Um, he was late. Well, and I know that he's got all these shows and you had sort of sent me a message and you had said hey man like why don't you know why don't we see if uh, if Jimmy wants us to cover for him because because he's sick, you know, and that's just how nice of a guy you are Jeff I know you you like to pretend like you're not a nice guy but
3: you're you're actually really great. Um, All enlightened self interest I need to promote myself (laughs) I need to promote this network it's all about me make no mistake. (laughs) so
2: so i texted jimmy and i said hey man if you want like let me know what your schedule is and what we need to cover for you and we'll cover for you this week and i mean jimmy he calls me sometimes it's not like him calling me was the rarest thing in the world but he called me tonight after he got my message and he was like hey man um you you're are you gonna are you really okay covering for me i mean really what he said was like hey man are you really okay covering (laughs) for me but I was like, I was like, yeah, man, of course. Like, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. And he was like, Yeah, but I mean, like, you're not gonna watch Raw, are you? And I was like, Jimmy, I will watch Raw for you. And he was like, No, no, come on, come on, that's not gonna happen. And his his girlfriend, D, was like chuckling in the background at this, at this comment. And I was like, I was like, Jimmy, this is how much I love you, buddy. I'm actually gonna watch Raw for you so that I could cover for you for this show. Um He did not believe me, but I did watch Raw, Jimmy. So um, yeah, you're welcome. And I I don't care if you are sick. Actually, I don't care if you die. You owe me for watching this damn show.
3: Uh, (laughs) Well, he picked the right week to call out sick. That's for sure so far. Um, And I will say, well, Jimmy calls you. That's nice. He he looks at my messages and calls me the same frequency that Kramer cuts his toenails. Famously saying every two and a half to eight weeks so <laughs> so uh, you must be very important so you may your you, am must be for ambassador, so you rang. so yeah but here we are recovering for Jimmy time. Happy birthday, though, uh, maybe it's still yesterday there i'm not really sure how time works in Australia. Um, or it's tomorrow or it's, you know, or it's three weeks ago. I'm not, it doesn't really matter. it's I, I don't understand quantum mechanics and quantum string theory and things like that. So I, I wish I did so that I, I I knew not to watch Raw and not to volunteer for this, but uh I, I can't and I did. So you know, as a prelude to us leading, and Chris is gonna lead, up, I promise this. I did tweet during Raw because I actually watched it mostly live. Um and I tweeted that sports entertainment should at least be one of the two. And Raw was neither.
2: Yeah, I mean, really like aggressively bad. And we'll we'll get into some of the absolute ridiculousness that is Monday Night Raw. But um, yeah, I I haven't watched an episode of Raw in I don't know how long, probably a year. And uh, this was not the right week to jump back in.
3: Oh, what a lucky man he was.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, um, Roz coming to us from San Francisco, California, uh, and we've got a number of potentially exciting moments and things to talk about. I said potentially because they're not uh,
3: you um, use English properly.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, we'll get into that too. There's definitely some people who don't know how to use English properly on Monday Night Raw. Um, well, I guess it's actually the people who are writing for Monday Night Raw because everybody on the show is just an actor and they just repeat the lines that are written for them, which is one of the reasons why I hate
3: sports entertainment. And they're getting progressively worse at acting.
2: Yes. Yes. Well, and the writing's getting worse. The writing gets worse. The acting gets worse. What exactly is the upside to WWE at this point, other than like Roman reigns, cool? That's about it. That's all I got.
3: Um, I've watched it for 40 something years and I'm and I'm Russian, so I don't give up easy. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. I'm
2: German, so we get cold and go away. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, the show proper starts off with uh, Drew McIntyre coming out to the ring. He's got his sword, which I, I don't know. I, I I still sort of think if you bring a weapon to the ring, you should be willing to use it. Yeah.
3: He's so. not. That, that You know what? I think that what you just said, I think, which was probably sort of a joke, is actually a metaphor for Drew McIntyre, because just like the sword is impotent, there's something missing there because everything is perfect, except there's something is artificial uh and before everyone jumps down my throat i feel sort of the same way about hangman page I, i feel like there's just something missing there's that is that spark that some people just have inside that you when they emote you can feel it you can feel it's authentic now i know it's harder in wwe when things are scripted for you and you and you dare not stray and you know you're a badass in the ring but the next second you're doing a make a wish commercial or the susan coleman foundation or you know wear your mask or whatever it is but yeah i mean looks build size accent everything should be right there but there's just you know, if you're a five tool player he's, he's missing one of them which is that that spark when it, whatever whenever Austin said, Austin 316 says I'm going to whip your ass, whatever that is he he hasn't hit that moment yet and I, I fear he never will.
2: Yeah, that's a, I, I like that he he does have some nice things to say. Um, You know, in this, he does have some interesting things to say that I liked about this promo and we'll talk about that in a minute here but. um. He says he's going to retrieve the championship at Crown Jewel. Uh, he says he has a story to tell, but Biggie interrupts.
3: Thank god, Um, remember when Drew used to do story time? No, it was terrible. Uh, you know what? The thing about another thing about Drew is that for a year we saw him open up Raw every Raw, open up Raw, and have another four segments. It hasn't been enough time for me to be interested in him him opening up Raw again. And by the way, we were promised, weren't we told that this was going to be Drew McIntyre? against big e before crown jewel that they were going to have a match presumably non non-title
2: oh the wwe doesn't uh doesn't actually consider any of what they say to be canon from one week to another things are just a, it's a, just a completely new universe is what i understand um after watching yeah. this i mean right. even within the show they um <laughs> Absolutely. have a tendency to pretend things are going to happen and then
3: they just are not going to happen so after rule one is sports entertainment should be at least one of the two. Two rule number two, the one that they actually actually rule number one for WWE. Rule number one is is our rule. Rule number one for WWE is card subject to change. The fine yeah. print is now the big print in <laughs> big bold all caps letter highlighted at the top.
2: Exactly, and I mean even when they do, uh, even when they do say that a match is going to happen, and you start the show, and they say that a match is going to happen um they sometimes just don't give you a finish to matches we'll get into that uh, um there's a lot of we'll get into that at this point um speaking of which big e talks about his nipples
3: yeah that was disturbing
2: yeah um <clears throat> i have the same issue with big e that i've had since forever um i really really like big e he's he's been one of the guys on on wwe programming that i really believe you know has something special but I have yet to see Big E turn any kind of serious. And that bothers me from a world champion. Um, You know, and you look back at other world champions who have been entertaining, right? The rock was entertaining stone cold. Steve Austin was entertaining. Jericho was entertaining. You know, these guys though, they could turn on the serious and, Biggie, he's coming out to talk to his number one contender about a match he's going to have at a huge event, and he talks about his
3: nipples. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, I have seen him serious for a few times, right around WrestleMania, right around Tampa, when he did that promo at his—I uh, think it was his high school football uh, stadium—when he was t- when he was talking about that, and a few other promos when he was on SmackDown and pursuing the Intercontinental Belt. Uh, or maybe holding it, he was himself. And it was great. And I, and I think to an extent, he might just be a victim of his own success because I think some of the only guys who can write their own stuff is The New Day. And he's been so successful, so much merch sold, so much popularity, so much mainstream popularity and, and fame coming with The New Day. And that act, I mean, they sort of be clown themselves. Um, and, I think when in doubt, he goes back to that safe place, that place that's worked for him. But it, you're right; it doesn't work as a world champion, and he should keep that hunger. I mean, he was almost acting like he was trying to recruit Drew McIntyre to work with him tonight. He's the champion. No, Drew should be trying to recruit him. Go, trust me; I won't stab you in the back. We have common enemies. Blah blah blah. But you're right; the the whole thing and 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 the whole nipple thing started before they even you know, air quotes knew that they had contestants facing them as far as I knew. And listen, maybe somewhere, someone out there in the PwC will say, no, they only advertised that they were gonna face each other or be in the ring together. Maybe they didn't say it was gonna be a match. I'm pretty sure I saw a match advertised, but maybe I just saw what I wanted to see. But whatever it was, they shouldn't have, air quotes again, known that the USAs were gonna come out on Raw, because they're not attached to the Raw brand. Mm-hmm. and you know, somehow tried to do Roman's bidding for reasons about Survivor Series. I mean, Roman's facing Brock Lesnar next, Drew McIntyre is facing Big E. I mean, what 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 interest do the Usos or Roman have in, in this? I, I would think none. And if WWE thinks that the Usos, just because they're part of the bloodline, tips, the you know, that moves the needle, they are incorrect um they don't it is it is roman it is the big production with roman that that that's the draw and even that you know can get overexposed like everything else they do nothing is always interesting even the rock and stone cold felt a little bit overexposed at times
2: oh for sure and you know as a person who was watching during the monday night war era i remember like I like, I look back at it now and I have a lot of fondness for Steve Austin, but at the time as a fan, I couldn't stand Steve Austin because he was on my TV for 45 minutes out of the show. Constantly. He opened the show. He closed the show. There was backstage interviews and skits and he was in every single moment of Mm. the television show. It gets to the point where you're like, I I don't like, (laughs) I don't want to see this anymore. And even like for a guy like me who was a huge fan of the rock that even got to be obnoxious at a certain point, where you're like, "Yeah, we get it. We yeah, finally you've come back to New Jersey, and now whatever, <laughs> you know." It, it, you get to the point where you have overexposed them, and I feel like I feel like they are they are really pushing that with 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 Roman and the Usos and this whole bloodline thing. Um, and I feel like they had done this to begin with with the whole Survivor Series red versus blue thing, it is so obnoxious. No one takes it seriously. Even hardcore fans who defend the crap out of the WWE will look at this whole, I'm on this show and you're on that show. So we're gonna, as completely ridiculous
3: agree agree on everything and and the proximity of the draft to survivor series makes it all the more absurd and i was having this argument with with steve on on hammerlock hangover also on the pwc uh which is we just do a, a weekly podcast of you know the week in wrestling so if you haven't checked it out please do cheap plug um but he was saying if i'm on the dodgers and i get traded to the nationals or the reverse and i play the nationals next time don't you think I want to play extra hard against my my other team? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure there's some pride involved. And he's like, see, I'm like, but there's a major difference. He's like, well, what's the difference? I'm like, because the Nationals and the Dodgers are still playing for the same championship. Yes. You know, so even in their in the National League, the World Series. In WWE, they're not. When you're on a different show, you're competing for different championships. So it doesn't even make sense. And why would there be the pride factor if it's five weeks away? You just got drafted there; you're basically a stranger, and half the roster is indifferent. It's half of them were already there, so you know at least if the Survivor Series team was the was comprised of people who had been there for the last fourteen months, that might make a little sense. But you know, why think that hard?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Why think that hard is sort of the uh, the quote from Monday Night Raw
3: Um, because they only have about five point eight billion dollars of valuation, so.
2: Yeah, it's not like they have any money that they could spend to get real writers who know what they're doing. Um, So anyway, we we go to uh, playbook, uh, the WWE playbook page three subsection um, (laughs) 3.2. As uh, you know, the, the baby faces uh who are fighting in the main event of the next pay-per-view have a tag match and uh oh it's super exciting they might struggle to get on the same page i i wonder if they'll if they'll be able to get on the same page
3: it was especially exciting and 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 nerve-wracking in this case being that the match preceding it had very similar dynamics yes uh we'll get into that i did like
2: I did like something that Drew had to say in his promo, though. I did like that you know he he had sort of said that like part of his motivation is you know he gets to watch Big E with the championship and he comes out and he hears the crowd cheer for them, right? And Drew, as he was a champion, you know through the COVID era, he didn't bring up COVID because we don't want to talk about you know we don't want to talk about anything bad on the WWE.
3: Right, it's just trouble times.
2: Yep, uh troubled t- exactly. He, he he was the champ through troubled times. And it so was he a never big really storm ed- at Yeah, so he never really got to hear the crowd react. I like that. I think that's logical. That makes sense. Um, you know, and in a show like this, I'm grasping at straws for things that make sense, Jeff.
3: I I even think that it is offhand comment about why Big He was was mentioning his nipples. I thought that, that was, you know, that was okay too. Like like I said, Drew is he's almost there. There's just you know, I, I might have been unfair earlier when I said he's only has four out of five tools. He might have 4.8 out of five tools, but that point two is is all the difference.
2: Yeah, there's just something. And I've I've actually, I feel a lot the same way, like, um, and I actually feel the same way about the guy that you mentioned in AEW too, with Hangman. I There's something there that I'm just not, it doesn't click for me. Like I, and I, t- you know, I do the, you know, we do the skirmish, right? Me and jimmy and he talks about hangman hangman getting there and oh he's going to be the next champ and and uh, i can tell that jimmy means it he really is excited about this guy and really does want to see him get there and for me it's like i don't know like i don't want to see him with the you know i don't really want to see him with dark order anymore but (laughs) um but i i don't know if i see exactly that yet and um yeah with drew mcintyre even as somebody like you know i'm i'm half german i'm half irish so i have a little bit of i have a little bit of softness for the celtic people right in general sure i i should really really love drew mcintyre and i just kind of like him okay you know
3: i don't know that your your ancestry needs to bind you tim but i understand what you're saying yeah yeah just just since we're talking about all these things like you know i'm pretty much everyone from the uh uh, the uh, you know the Habsburgs the the fake Holy Roman <laughs> Empire. So I, I am German, Austrian, Hungarian, and then uh, you know a little bit of Russian. But I'm sure it's Western Russia mostly. I don't, I don't think there's much Magyar, Tartar, or mm-hmm. or you know Mongol in me. But hey, yeah, maybe not. Who knows? I can think tell Saint you ancestry Peter's DNA. Sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, ancestry DNA agrees that there's nothing. It, it came back with. One hundred percent European. Didn't even tell me which countries. Just didn't even bother. I got a lazy result. One hundred percent European. Wow, that is awful.
2: Um, uh, yeah, I can imagine that. That would, that would, that must have been frustrating. Speaking of things that are frustrating, backstage we have a tease. Um, you know, the interviewer is there. He's talking to Kofi and Woods, and he says, "Hey, you guys are you're on the same side of the bracket. You know, what happens if you both win? You you could Kevin face Patrick, each other. You're, you're you're another
3: Irish brethren of yours.
2: Yes. Kevin Patrick. Okay. Um and I and I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, that's good. That's solid booking right there. You know, you, you've got mm-hmm. the you got the two guys who are friends and they're gonna have to sort of figure it out in order to go for this thing that they both want, you know, that they both, you know, they they both desire, they're both looking to get at the same goal, right? That should they can be really good.
3: That tension over to SmackDown with them when they move over there so that we're not having them facing the Usos for the next 10 months again.
2: Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking, like an idiot. Um, Speaking of idiots, Ricochet. uh, (laughs) Next up, he uh, he says that winning the king of the ring would literally propel him into another stratosphere. That's not how words work, Ricochet. (laughs) Um, Or monarchy. No, he says that, oh, yeah, he'll have a new nickname and it'll be get this. King Ricochet, because because that's like right before he signed, he was on the Indies, and he was, you know. You, you yeah, didn't,
3: didn't he call himself, and has he been referred to as King Ricochet before? Pretty sure. And he was Prince Puma, so I mean, you know, I just wish he would put the, the mask back on, shut up, and if Will Muertes can turn himself into King Muertes, why can't Prince Puma turn himself into you know, just the Puma or, you know, Board or Puma. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever jumping is in Spanish, Puma. <laughs> Leaping yeah. puma,
2: Yeah. We, and just, just hire Conan to, to do the talking for him. It, it does work.
3: <laughs> Selena de la Renta is still out there. Oh, there's a good one. Um,
2: all right. So uh, they focus quite a bit on uh, how much Xavier wants to win the King of the Ring tournament um, a lot throughout this show. And I like that. I like that they're putting a little bit of at least emphasis on how much he wants it. Um, it's a good little eight minute match here. Uh, it's two really athletic guys. Pardon me.
3: Um, no Woods cocaine gets... on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um... <clears> to <throat> my rules, I know Jimmy lets anything go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Woods gets the says, free base, free space.
2: woods gets the win here and uh he's moving on which uh again i'm thinking okay good they they set up the this next you know what'll happen on the next one
3: yeah Woods. his finisher now is he he goes up to the top turnbuckle he takes two steps onto the rope and he does you know a semi-awkward semi-balanced elbow drop you know like the macho man elbow drop uh but from the the ropes instead of the uh uh, top turnbuckle so I, i assume that that sort of is supposed to springboard him to give him more height or more acceleration, which it doesn't because it's actually a lower trajectory. Um, But do you think he's doing that just because of of the moves that like Phoenix does and Jungle Boy does when they do those like eight point Spider-Man leaping on the ropes. I mean, they usually ended in an arm drag, which seems like a lot of wasted energy for an arm drag. I mean, I wish that they would come back with some sort of more impressive move. I know that a lot of times they're using their opponent's hand as a as a balancing rail, but not always. In, yeah. in any event, I'm talking about AEW, I guess, right now. But uh, do you think he's doing that because they they show so much athleticism, and this is as far as WWE would let him go, um, so that he can show I I can hang with those guys.
2: Um, maybe I, I think that there's I think that there's a lot of performers in WWE, even if the WWE as a company doesn't see AEW as competition. I think that the performers look at what's happening on the other show and they do see that as competition. So I think there's probably something to the idea that he's looking at some of the athletic things that they're doing over there. And you know, maybe he's like, Oh, I can do that, Vince. And Vince is like, No you know? And so he's doing something a little safer. I will say, if that's the case, this may be one of the only times that I agree with the WWE, not that athletic moves aren't fun and they can be, but for instance, this last week on AEW, um, jungle boy did one of these where he jumped up and he was on the ropes and then he fell. Um, he, he almost fell, but Matt Jackson, who he was about to give a move to put his hand on his butt and held him up so that he would be okay. And then he. (laughs) And then he awkwardly stepped back onto the ropes and then did the move
3: right and the crowd went and the crowd shared that
2: yes the crowd said this is awesome honestly because of, because
3: philadelphia
2: of, you should be you should be ashamed of yourself that was prime you know, I, I know I, I try not to swear when I'm on, on with you, Jeff. But that was prime "you fucked up" territory. But I don't know
3: why people try not to swear. I mean, <laughs> I, I curse. I just I, I just try to reserve it to to give that certain inflection. But if if cursing is part of your natural language, be natural, be yourself. Uh, I know that Jimmy has some complexes, but I didn't know that that spread to you too. But all right, I mean, <laughs> when people are gonna think I'm a puritan minister. I I am I am not. Um, yeah. Uh, You know, I know that there's people who enjoy the performative dance part of wrestling and I know that there's a lot of them or it feels like there's a lot of them. Um, But there aren't as many as they think there are. I mean, there's a reason why there's probably about two and a half two two and a half million wrestling fans there that compete over and you know most of them are watching most everything or they're or they're watching four or five different promotions. I know there are people who watch every indie show or at least say they watch every indie show. I do not know who these people are who have access to a thousand channels and you know a hundred hours a day. Me either.
2: And yeah, I mean, like you said, there's there's a little bit going on in professional wrestling in general, where there's a lot of what I would call preaching to the choir. You know, you're doing what the million and a half to two million fans already want you to do constantly. And it's happening so often that I feel like it's at the detriment of wrestling's ability to grow, because I mean, you know, we're both old enough that we were watching the Monday Night Wars, right? that was 10 million people every
3: monday i was a full fledged adult during the monday night raw wars <laughs> i was already married and and uh, uh, had an infant during the 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 infant to toddler during the tail end right and what i'm saying is those you know
2: those 8 million people who are no longer watching wrestling regularly <laughs> you know they didn't all die from covid like they're, but, they're but- there <laughs> you know but there's something that's keeping them from coming back and watching it and it is it is like to me wrestling it, it's just going through this phase where it's just not cool and i feel like the closest thing that we have to really cool wrestling um right now actually is roman reigns which is why i think smackdown is doing so well in terms of ratings when compared to all the other wrestling that we have um and i just there's just something missing. I don't know if it's an edginess. It's not, it's not just, you know, people always point to like, Oh, the PG, the PG, the PG No, but like saying shit 18 times on your show doesn't make your show cool either. Right. So there's just something missing about wrestling. And yeah, that's, that's something that's definitely, um, on my mind as a wrestling fan is like, where did those 8 million people go? And how can you get them back? And I feel like that's something that not enough people in wrestling are really focused on.
3: I agree with you 100%. And, and I feel like they had it with the Hurt Business when they were together. Um, but of course, they broke up the Hurt Business and they just reformed them back together. but at a point where it might be too late, or they put him into the senseless program with Goldberg, which is useless. And, you know, if all things point to Goldberg winning, you know, in, in some sort of, you know, fuckery or, or something. Yeah, curse, in, in some sort of <laughs> circumstance, that somehow somewhat protects Lashley. Um, but it, it, it's just dumb. It is, it is just dumb. And even if Lashley beats Goldberg, so what? Um, you know, I mean, it's better than the alternative, but does that mean he's back on the the championship trajectory? Frankly, I thought Lashley was more serious than Big E is letting himself be. But anyway, we, we stray, we're, we should probably try and stick to Raw. But I I mean, I, I sometimes Moxley in AEW gives me that, that feeling Mm -hmm. Kingston, when he speaks, does it when he wrestles, I don't, I can't take his wrestling seriously, Mm -hmm. but as a voice uh, spokesman, absolutely uh when you know uh pack at times when he speaks but he apparently got concussed and he's had travel issues and this and the other so there, there are people there who who get it too pentagon when he's doesn't need an interpreter nobody needs to to understand the words pentagon is saying to understand what he's saying now yeah. he needs to stop doing Cerro miedo 17 times a segment do it once that's enough that you know overexposed everybody here is married to their gimmicks like the eight point on drags
2: yeah absolutely i agree with you and speaking of married to the gimmicks um next up here we've got Orton and riddle backstage riddle his gimmick is that he's just a jackass is that because i haven't watched raw in a very long time is that basically what it is jeff
3: uh, it's sort of like he's the little brother who really pines for the affection of his big brother he's sort of a dullard but he's got some sort of coyness about him there's some sort of impish endearing quality about him mm. but it's annoying already and before we get on with this i just want to point out to everyone that orton and riddle were a little bit of a story before wrestlemania they became a story before wrestlemania they were chasing after almost an aj until wrestlemania won the titles they then faced aj and almost more or less exclusively between wrestlemania and SummerSlam. successfully defended their raw tag team titles on SummerSlam against aj and almost and they're still dancing with aj and almost so you all do the math on that that we're probably talking about a seven month spread with the same four guys doing at least two or three segments every week on raw And probably once a month or four out of five months on a pay-per-view as well. It's not interesting. Now, I know at some point, one of those teams beat the Viking Raiders in some random match. And I'm pretty sure that Mansour and Ali lost in some random match too as well. But that's it. That's all I can remember as far as there being any other partners. And that's... One thing that AEW doesn't do is give you the same people in the ring in matches over and over again. They might be involved in promos, they might be involved in vignettes, they might be involved in beatdowns or other situations, but in the ring, they're going to face other people. Maybe it's Everizer or two or 2.0, maybe it's Jack Evans, maybe it's Serpentico, you know, and maybe it's you know lower card guys, but it's different bodies, it's different people, it's different colors, it's different stimulus. I need I need more stimuli, especially in the 180-minute show, which 40 minutes of it is probably commercials, which in some cases is the best part of the show. <laughs> 40 minutes of it is recaps from last week and earlier in the same very night, and probably another 10 to 15 minutes of it is promotion for Crown Jewel whatever their their next event is. So we're talking about 135 minutes of waste, a basic waste that is, is unnecessary. So at at most you have 45 minutes of content. And the content isn't even that great. But if they gave us 135 minutes of wrestling content and then with the rest of it, the show would be much better just because there would be more things to see and more variety. Yep. No,
2: absolutely. I I agree with you. My my only problem though, is like, how would they possibly break up these, these tag teams from wrestling against each other? They've been, they've been so over with the, with the, with the audience, right? I mean, like they're, they're so over and they're just growing the audience and everybody, you know, they're watching this story of these two epic tag teams Facing each other and it's growing and it's becoming this big thing. No, wait, no, I'm 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 wrong. That's not actually happening. This the, actually the is doing covers. no business whatsoever, and it's stupid. And it started stupid, and now it's still stupid. What eight months later?
3: And, and at what at what point does Riddle realize he's just the side piece that Orton really never will love him the way he needs to be loved, and is obviously has someone else, and he's just the side piece when it's convenient. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want him to get pummeled too badly because he wants a side piece because, you know, he's greedy. I mean, you know, he's a he's a grown ass man. <laughs> yeah. I know the rumors are that his wife may have, he and his wife might have separated after that very public lawsuit and a quote unquote reconciliation. And I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, I'm sure he's, you know, maybe feeling a little lonely, but I have a feeling a guy like Riddle, you know, probably has no trouble, you know, meeting folks um, in any event. <laughs> In any event, I stray. I, we're, we're it's going off the rails, but yeah, this this whole thing, none of it is altogether interesting. The dynamic between AJ and Almost, which was gold, is no longer that interesting. We get it. Almost can't wrestle independently yet. He still needs AJ to be sort of his coach there. So don't have him on the show four times a show. Yep. Uh, they just keep hitting the
2: same notes over and over again. And anyway, speaking of speaking of really epic tag teams uh, uh, breaking up, next up here, we've got the Hurt Business, who are not the Hurt Business, but are kind of the Hurt Business and almost the Hurt Business and sort of the, the Hurt Business. This is like a Trinity thing going on, you know, where like they're one and they're not one and they're kind of one
3: and almost one and sort of one and so they're one. Um, Lashley gave a promo without them and then they have a match without Lashley. I mean... I guess, made of the way for MVP to bring the whole package with. Let's just call them the, the BBB, the barely bruised business.
2: All right. So those guys are up next against uh, Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. Uh, it's a minute long match. There's nothing here. It basically just allows for Ali and Mansoor to break up. So, uh, Jeff, I, I, you know, like I said, I haven't been watching. So, uh, um, you know, please tell me about the incredible story of how, you know, these two, uh, you know, came together And the journey that they went on before this 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 collapse that that we're apparently witnessing here.
3: Well, folks, as you remember, Ali successfully led retribution to ultimate failure to the fact to the point that it went from 30 ninjas to five people or six people, one of which requested a demotion back to NXT immediately. One of which we barely saw. I think she had all of one solo match, which she lost to. I believe it was Dana Brooke. Uh, The tag team of Mason T-Bar, which I actually thought was a tag team that had potential, and they could keep in there. They could actually rebuild a respectable tag team division if that's what something that they were trying to do. It's something they should do. AEW has about 27 tag teams, and I'm not exaggerating. Somebody actually. Counted them. I think they were counting appearance talent who's appeared more, you know, multiple times, but in any event. um, So, tag team wrestling is obviously a thing. We end up with these tag matches anyway, but they broke up Mason T bar for reasons. So, even that part, it was unsuccessful. And then he went on to recruit Mansour, saying that I don't want you to end up like me. Because I lead people straight into the German pillboxes. Like I'm I'm the I'm the first uh marine, you know, uh, what do they call those ships that that, that, that that carried the troops onto Omaha Beach in Normandy? Oh the
2: uh, the troop carriers. Yeah, yeah, I know what you and mean. We'll, get,
3: we'll just call them the marine troop carriers that the the you know armored troop carriers. They left the ships, they went onto the beach, they open up the opening scene of saving private ride. Yeah. Those. The bad so, ideas. Right. So, you know, he's that guy. He he's the one everyone else gets shot to hamburger meat, except somehow Ali always manages to survive. So Mansour decides to follow him and Ali basically double betrays him, tricks him into losing matches, teaches him how to cheat. They have nominal success, but mostly failure. Uh, and Ansar basically is playing the same role as Riddle, except with zero charisma. Uh, and basically going, oh, it's just part of learning. It's just part of my training. I, it's so dopey because they have the same story going on with Gable and Otis, and that one's actually sort of working. So, I mean, at least copy that dynamic, but no, they can't do it. Anyway, you can't have Sunnis and Shi'is getting along. There's no peace in the Middle East. Obviously, the man of Pakistani descent who probably has never set foot in Pakistan in his life. He's, he's from Detroit, as far as I know. Uh-huh. And Ansar, who I actually think is from Saudi Arabia, but I'm not sure because he speaks English with no British accent, and usually Saudis from Saudi Arabia who speak English, speak with a British accent. So he's probably never set foot in Saudi Arabia, except with WWE. I don't really know. I don't know why I'm saying this. I probably shouldn't be. Anyway, for, for just because Ali is a, a jerk off and Mansour is a doofus, they didn't get along. Who could see this coming? The only thing I'll say about this is I didn't like them as a team anyway. So I'm OK with the breakup. Obviously, Mansour is going to go over at Crown Jewel. That match has been booked, So the guy of Saudi descent will win at Crown Jewel. Surprise, surprise. And he will be no one of any significance.
2: No way. I I, I fully expect uh, Sami Zayn to get involved and Sami Zayn to win that match.
3: Maybe by Zoom.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's not going (laughs) to happen. All right. Next up here, we've got uh, Shayna and uh, Dana. Uh, Shayna and Dana. Uh, they have a minute and um it goes how you expect a minute long women's wrestling match to go um this is in the uh it's not called the queen of the ring what's it called
3: the queen's crown
2: the queen's crown tournament
3: it's um, a qualifying match because dana brooke deserves to be in there because she hasn't been on our tv screen for five months and came back and has done nothing but embarrass herself so badly last week that Corey Graves, on the live mic on commentary, basically said that some people need a lot of time to develop, but she just hasn't developed, which people were saying, how how could you possibly say that about her? And I figured it had to be a, a, a storyline. So either he really said it on, on air and got away with it, or it was a storyline that they dropped, because he wasn't berating her at all. Now, the, in fairness, they did give Dana some moves, some offense here. Not that she's so great, but she was at least doing some things, but Shayna made fairly short work of her as she should, but it was just it was just a peculiar match. The, the whole thing of it was peculiar, but uh, Shayna advances to the queen of the ring. She wanted to break Dana's arm again, the same move she used on. Eva Marie and Naya Jax and attempted to use on Dana last week when she was rescued by Dewdrop. And Dana is yelling from the outside of the ring because all of a sudden she can get up and yell and walk away. She's not she's no longer knocked out after the knee to the head. By the way, she's that that it was like basically a B trigger that knocked her out as opposed to the she escaped the the Kura was it the Kura Kuda clutch or the Kura Kufa clutch, mm-hmm. the sleeper. Um, yeah. And she's yelling uncalled for that was uncalled for. Who, who's she? My mother? When I curse at the dinner table?
2: <laughs> no, that's a baby face we can all get behind, Jeff. You know, after losing after losing a match, you know, we we all want to see our baby faces, our heroes, you know, saying that it was uncalled for. That's.
3: I would I would say that that should if if RAW has episodic names uncalled for should be the title of this episode of RAW.
2: <laughs> yes, yes it should. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. I like Shayna Baszler. I hope they do something yeah. with her. But I have no faith in this company, especially with a women's tournament that's going on at the exact same time as a men's tournament. For absolutely, listen to me now. Listen to me. Um, PWC. Um, for absolutely no other reason than they don't want to hear it from feminists about how there's not a women's tournament that is the only reason this is happening there's no other reason sorry cool yeah um next up here we've got riddle and almost
3: uh riddle is even really know that wrestling exists
2: um yes they definitely do um Honestly, I mean, the, the whole women's revolution basically started because of this hashtag give them more time thing. Um, and and here we are. With minute long yep. matches all night.
3: Yep. well, yeah, we've had three qualifying matches for Queen's Crown. And I believe the total aggregate time is something like seven or eight minutes of all three matches, which may include entrances. Yeah, it's eight minutes and change. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right
2: so basically a goldberg match um yeah in total yeah um all right well goldberg
3: Goldberg now
2: (laughs) yeah goldberg now um riddle says uh he's very good at thinking he's uh he's obviously stalling so that orton can show up but orton doesn't show up and uh almost uh is basically like uh what, the, what there's like a there's like a jewish monster that like he's got to have like a uh, uh the thing like sort of rolled up and put in his mouth to come to life what is that the golem yes the golem thank you so basically he's like a golem right and he just takes orders from aj who tells him what to do mm-hmm. while he's in the ring right he's aj says uh, uh, you you told me that you took karate when you were in second grade or whatever do a kick And uh, so he does a kick and um,
3: anything, anything to not secure the pin.
2: Yeah. Just awful. Um, He wins after a choke bomb, which has always been kind of a lame move, if you you ask me. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a choke slam, I guess, is pretty cool, although it's done to death. Right. But uh, anyway, Orton shows up eventually after the match eventually. he hits he hits AJ with the RKO cuz he did want to hit you know he did he does actually want to you know win the feud but he really doesn't care about Riddle.
3: Um, right. Yeah. And Riddle's happy to see him even after all that after that delay. And folks, if you didn't watch it, it was an awkwardly long it was an uncomfortably long delay like it wasn't even clever. Yes. I will second that. Um Lashley uh,
2: basically talks about how he doesn't like Goldberg. Yeah. Um neither. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> not at all. Um, not even a little bit. I'm a Bret Hart guy. I will forever hate Bill Goldberg. <laughs> um, and I didn't even need that to happen. I didn't like Bill Goldberg before the kick to Bret Hart. I always thought this is a one-dimensional, ridiculous Superman gimmick, and I don't like it. <laughs>
3: Well, I liked it then, but it got boring then. And I didn't even realize that when it was 179 and zero that that was mathematically impossible. I, did, I didn't even care about it. I wasn't, I wasn't a smart rock wrestling fan. I just took it as it came and I consumed it, went about my way. But this, this these last few years, it's it's been incorrigible. Un- it's like the Goldberg dance. Win the title, lose the title, go home. You know, it's it's, it's just, and he just walks in for no reason. You're next. And that that's all it takes. That, say what you want about AEW's rankings. Say what you want about them having uh, number one contender tournaments and then these casino battle royals and grab the brass ring and about a million other reasons that the rankings don't matter or sometimes they matter. But whatever it is, at, at least there's reasons. Sometimes they don't know. They're they're not always consistent. They're not always logical. They're hardly perfect. Ring of Honor has a really good ranking system. I can tell you they don't really use it. They used it in the beginning and dropped it about three weeks later. Or if they're using it, I don't see it. Um so you know, and I could solve it and I've tried to solve it and I put it on the air and hammerlock hangover. It's a very simple solution. I'm not going to waste Raw's time here, but I hate the whole Goldberg comes in. You're next. Yeah, no questions. You're next. That, that's it. And the whole thing with Gage Goldberg, who I'm pretty sure is Hook, um, or at least the same <laughs> actor plays Hook and Gage. Um, I agree with Lashley. Somebody jumped him from behind. How the hell is he supposed to know that, it, that it's the guy's kid? Why would I mean? Should security keep uh, you know the kid from? getting in there can can security handle a 15 year old kid I mean I know he's a Goldberg's kid so he's obviously uh, super powered um <laughs> but 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 nevertheless uh you know I, I I'm team Lashley and and Goldberg's talking about murdering and killing and killing in Saudi Arabia I mean you know we could probably just stay there and never be extradited
2: yep um literally the reason why I basically stopped watching raw um was was all that all of that nonsense. Um and I stopped I really watching SmackDown too. I really, I really just I don't know. I it really bothered me the whole just everything with Saudi Arabia, everything about it, and then you know, the political fallout, which was basically, you know, um, we would, you know, we would talk more heatedly to you, but you're giving us the oil. So
3: but, I mean, they're they're also giving WWE somewhere between forty five and fifty million dollars a show, which just for frame of reference is the entirety per year of what AEW gets from TNT and t- from mm-hmm. WB Warner for yeah. both Rampage and TNT and for the single show work specials yeah. that they're going to get come next year. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 good to be moral and everything, but if you're running a business with shareholders, it's hard to turn down what's basically 100 million dollars a year for two shows you're not wrong um you give peacock content and they want content
2: that's right well speaking of uh speaking of content i did like this little bit of uh this little bit of a gem from lashley where he's talking about goldberg he says that uh, you know the way that you're acting is is not acceptable from a so-called father
3: I agree. He's exactly right, and I like who said that you can't kill the Almighty. That's you know maybe maybe the the thing is that, that it's heretical uh, heretical in Saudi Arabia, but so is Goldberg. I mean, they're all people of the book, right? I mean, it, that's right. It's so uh, yeah, all of them are are basically violating some rule. You know, Thou shalt not kill comes to mind, but uh, I you know I don't know. This whole thing is is stupid, and and you know year's a good soldier I hope he gets back into a position of prominence. I hope that they're waiting for MVP to come back at full health so he can speak again. Uh, I wasn't exactly thrilled with Cedric and Shelton coming back. I was hoping for a more reformed um, as an re hyphen uh, formed uh, hurt business has supposed to reform like uh, <laughs> like amending their ways um you know maybe uh heel keith lee would be in there and then eventually you'd have a a turn like the rock turn on farouk or something um you know a year down the road but maybe that'll happen i don't know i guess i'll take whatever her business i can get over no her business but you're right they they act like they don't know each other last night the last week they sort of did but shelton and and cedric were there to just get sort of brushed off by goldberg but tonight they won a match so uh, you know it's a little herky-jerky, I guess. I'll take the win, but it was—it was not exactly like it's impressive. It's not like they're making them seem strong, like they're you know going to be in tag team title contention anytime soon.
2: Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would love to see um, Bearcat Keith Lee uh, interfere in this match and and maybe help Lashley win. That would be that would be a good you know way to book around the whole Goldberg being invincible thing um which is awful and has now buried a number of wrestlers and god if they do it to lashley too i just
3: i don't think i can forgive them contract. already <laughs> like one more year on goldberg contract we only we only have up to three more matches uh, after this one from them
2: right so we buried irreversibly kevin owens who will never get back to where he was we buried irreversibly the fiend who, first of all, never got back to where he was and then got released. Um, please don't do this, WWE. Don't do not do this to Bobby Lashley, because he's excellent.
3: Seriously, for everything, not just even Bobby Lashley, WWE, I want you to go back in time, and I want you to watch Seinfeld, and I want you to watch the, the show where George decides to do the opposite of everything he's ever done before. <laughs> just, just whatever your ideas, do the opposite, and yeah. it will be better than what you're doing right now. Yeah,
2: literally just do. You're right. I mean, that episode is perfect for what you'd like to see out of WWE. Every single thing that you're thinking right now, the answer is no,
3: Vince. But just don't even even be that creative. Just whatever your idea is, just reverse it. Yeah. (laughs) That's perfect.
2: All right. Well, uh, speaking of great ideas, there's a Chucky cameo.
3: (laughs) Please elaborate.
2: Okay, so Chucky is watching WWE and uh he, he really likes um Alexa
3: Bliss. Um Why not? We all like Alexa Bliss. I um, assume
0: that he liked Lily,
3: but it seems like he likes Alexa. I mean, Chucky and Lily would be a real power couple.
2: I agree with you. I'm. What I really want to happen, though, is because we've actually seen Chucky in wrestling before. I don't know if you know this. Sure, in WCW. Nitro. Yeah, WCW. So I personally would really love for Chucky to show up and interrupt Braun Breaker, because when he did come to WCW, the man who he interrupted
3: was Rick Steiner. Ooh, and it would be cool if he came in in the WCW Nitro shirt. That would be great. That would be wonderful. Managed by Eric Bischoff. Yes, he yes. was absolutely a free agent.
2: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, he's not doing anything. He's not, he's not getting paid by anybody right now.
3: No, he's he's, he's available. He does his podcast. I mean, I I think it's on the on the Conrad Network, but I mean, I don't think that stops you from taking bookings. No, he's good. Um, but yeah, Braun Breaker, who is definitely
2: not Rick Steiner's kid because his name is Breaker and not Steiner.
3: Right. And he doesn't sound anything like scott steiner
2: or look anything like the steiners or wear any of the kind of stuff that the steiners used to wear or anything like that
3: i don't care so much about the name as a lot of people do because i mean i i remember when we people i mean the only name i never got past was Oni Lorkin. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad <laughs> yeah it's, it's so bad everything else you just get used to i mean i don't know why you wouldn't want to be associated with the Steiners or us Steiner. And I know the story was is that Brown Breaker picked his own name, but I'm not sure if he picked his own name after they said, we don't want you to use Steiner or if it was his idea. But even if that's the case, just because it's his idea doesn't mean it's a good idea. Anyway, I, I you know, I don't want to say I don't really care that much about the name and then talk a lot about the name because, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the the name will be forgotten if he performs and so far he's performing. Yeah,
2: he's great. I really like him so far. Um, anyway, yeah, Chucky, Hooray. Chucky right <clears throat> all right well uh speaking of annoying little shits uh austin theory uh is out next and he beats jeff hardy in two minutes with a roll up by holding his pants
3: didn't austin theory used to be in much better shape
2: i want to say like the whole thing with austin theory used to be like man you got to see this kid's look he really is in this incredible shape you know he's got like a 12 pack
3: I don't know yeah, I mean, he's in good shape, but he's not like in, well, like a year, year and a half ago, like he literally looked like a young John Cena. If he kept going at it, he could, he could have a John Cena like bill. Now, now what they say, he's 6'1", 220, he's against Jeff Hardy, who they say is 225, and Jeff Hardy's tall. I mean, he's, he's deceptively tall. He's probably 6'3", or 6'2 and a half or whatever. Um, anyway, fine, Jeff Hardy eats the loss from uh uh, what's his face? Austin Theory. Who beats him? He cheats. He holds the tights. Fine. You know, he embarrassed Jeff Hardy last week. Jeff Hardy's going to SmackDown. He's teasing bringing back Willow or some other, you know, uh, persona uh, or, or identity. So when he leaves the Raw territory, goes to SmackDown territory, I'm sure they'll have to rebuild them because I, I don't know who their faces are going to be. I mean, unless they pull some swerves. And I mean, I, I, I feel like they have like seven people that still on NXT that they have sort of aces in the holes that they're going to pull up as needed. I mean, LA Knight is pretty obvious. I think Dexter Loomis is pretty obvious, especially after seeing seeing Parker Bordeaux slash Harlan and what his character is like. Um, I mean, it's a similar type of vibe. Um, and I think people are forgetting someone else, Samoa Joe. I mean, what, what's his purpose on NXT now? I mean, Ciampa is basically playing his role right now and they don't need two crusty old veterans with that. I mean, Ciampa's not as old as he feels. Uh, but Samoa Joe could be someone that they could plug into SmackDown, and you know instantly people would want to see Samoa Joe against Roman. But as I say it, I realize this is almost good, almost clever, so it's not going to happen.
2: Yeah, no, you're you're talking about a lot of logical booking here. So I don't know why you think that the WWE is gonna is gonna do any of that. Probably what's going to happen is Austin Theory is going to challenge for the WWE Championship, but lose because a bird comes in and scares him <laughs> or something.
3: Out of, out of Riddle's sandals, and that starts a feud? Honestly,
2: I, like, we just came up with something more intriguing than most of what WWE is going to book, and it was complete nonsense.
3: Okay, so this would work with Austin Theory's character. He's on a video game jungle gym, and riddle does the thing with his sandals and angry birds comes out of it and knocks down the little <laughs> fort the little pig explosions and things like that and you see poor austin theory being blown all over the place and that starts a feud that i mean if you're going to go absurd if you want to if you want to outlucha underground or out impact impact or <laughs> even chikara go all the way i mean Listen, that would not be as bad as the 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 promos with Batista's Army of Darkness movie. That, that was like the worst thing I'd ever seen. Agreed on both counts.
2: Oh, God. Okay. Uh, so next up here, we've got uh, Kofi and Jinder.
3: Um, it's a Jinder Mahal match. Mm-hmm. So right. as we teased earlier, a perfectly wonderful story, something that could be intriguing. Do they do they do they adhere to the code of honor like ring of honor and fight like gentlemen and shake and stay friends or or you know is there some resentment afterwards you know does kofi cost uh um Xavier his his one chance of some sort of solo singles stardom even though the king of the ring is basically meaningless except mm-hmm. to the iwc who's convinced themselves after for the last three weeks that king of the ring matters i mean i can't remember the last time there was a king of the ring that it was serious and meant anything but okay booker Um, t and
2: that was only because he was so entertaining with his ridiculousness
3: yeah that that's uh, that's a good one someone asked when was the last time there was a face king of the ring I mean I think Owen Hart was a pretty good king of the ring I mean the last face king I remember is Jim Duggan now as a kid I was really happy to see Harley race as King. Now I, you know, didn't realize it was because he was too old to do anything else. <laughs> I enjoyed King Haku just because I always want Haku to have something. But at a certain point, you realize this is just utter nonsense.
2: Yeah, and they don't do anything with this as a booking. Like the the when, okay, never mind. When was the last time, like, other than Booker T, when was the last time that they actually did anything off of this whole King of the Ring as a gimmick, like? With Brett, it was almost like a consolation prize, right? When they first sort of brought it back. Because it was away for a long time. They brought it back mm-hmm. with Brett, right? Um, it was a consolation prize because he had lost at Mania Nine, right? And it was okay, well, you know, we'll we'll still elevate you as somebody who we recognize as the best worker in the company, right? Um, and that was fine, but they didn't do anything with it afterwards. It was he won, and then the next night he was just in his pink tights again. And um,
3: you know, like a boy King in Scotland, Baron Corbin had it for two years and then yeah. lost it in a regular match to King yeah. Nakamura who who proceeded to have to give it up. So Baron Corbin loses things like money in the bank and his King of the Ring in untraditional ways or non-traditional ways. And then Nakamura just had to surrender it after uh, two months of holding it though. He also had the Intercontinental Championship and Rick Boog. So, I, you know, obviously it was unnecessary, but I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, it is a useless prop um, and maybe it'll help Xavier decide on a haircut.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I I'd, And I'd love to see Xavier win. I mean, it seems like he actually cares about it. When was the last time you heard anyone say they they legitimately cared about winning the King of the Ring tournament? Um, and he's been vocal about this for quite a while too. This is not a new thing from, from Xavier Woods. He's talked about this um, for years at this point. Uh, that this is like the thing he wants to do in wrestling, this would be his boyhood dream come true, if you will, Um, which, you know, now that I say it out loud is a little pathetic, but still, you know, it'd be cool for him.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, banging page and spooching on the on the Divas title that 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 seems like a pretty good accomplishment. Uh, Hosting the G4 seems like a pretty good one 11 time tag team champion seems like a, a good one. Um, but Xavier is a very royal name he can go by Xavier King of the Woods that I like that, that I mean, it has, it has a nice ring to it I mean I don't know what you do with him and Kofi then you've got the king of the ring and there's still a tag team but I mean none of it makes sense but fine like like you said who cares and yeah. everyone's excited about King Jinder even though he's he's got two flunkies now but after the draft is over he only has one flunky but I guess at the time the uh, king of the ring tournament is finished and crown jewel, he'll still have his two flunkies for one, 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 one night only. (laughs) That was a good, that was a good, good read there. I like
2: that. Um, yeah. Um, next up here, we're going to just keep moving along because apparently the WWE likes to just keep moving along. I mean, honestly, I was like, this confused me so much. I was like, why did you tease Kofi and Xavier twice? They did it twice in this damn telecast. It's like, what
3: are yes, you doing? Uh, it's like they know there's a good story there. And they said, no, nah, we're not going to give that to you. But what I'm really confused about is what is going on with Kofi's chest muscles. I, Yeah. It's, it's, it's like there's a giant hole in there. It's almost like there's, oh, it's almost like Kenny Omega, like carved an Omega in there and took out all the pectoral muscle in the shape of an Omega. It, it It's odd. I've never seen anything like that before.
2: Yeah, it's it kind of reminds me a little bit about, of uh, Chris Jericho after, uh, you know, if you look at a lot of his earlier stuff, he's got pretty big pectoral muscles. And well, then he had implants and then he
3: had them removed. That, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it more reminds me of like when Orndorff, like one of his arm atrophied or even Rusev. Now you see him like one bicep, like starts about three inches above the other bicep that it, mm-hmm. it's asymmetrical. Um, which is sometimes natural, but sometimes is a, is a tear. Chris Masters sort of has a, a similar thing as well, and now he's Chris Adonis. Um, but like if there was a surgery or something, like I don't remember Kofi ever being away for any demonstrable amount of time. And I would think that you would see a scar also. So I don't know, it's just, uh, I, I, I don't know what causes that. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it does. So if anyone out there has the answers, please, uh, contact Jimmy or the PwC Twitter handle. Um, not me. I'm I'm just a substitute for a very good reason. I'm I'm I have like a a,
2: a theory at least. My theory is that uh, maybe Kofi was one of the first people to ever wrestle Walter.
3: Oh, could be, could be. I thought it was going to be alien abduction and they took pectoral samples.
2: <laughs> well, that would be interesting they, you know, the aliens abducted him and they were like, you know, we've got all people, we've got people, you know, human beings from all the other countries. We need one from Jamaica now. And then they, they took it from him.
3: Very, very likely Jamaica and Ghana. So you've got a lot of things going on there. Uh, another cheap plug, my other podcast, Garden of Doom, not wrestling right now, we're towards the end of theme month. Our next week is going to be vampires after that, I'm probably going to do sort of like a, a random sort of feel good show or, or or something else. But after that, it's going to be UFO month with uh, four or five back to back to back to back to back UFOlogists. Um, it's either going to be a four or five, depending on if there's a lot of overlap. And so far, four out of four, there's not a lot of overlap. So we'll see if I get lucky with the fifth or not.
2: Very cool. It's a great show. Anybody who is interested in just learning about like out like it's it, i don't know i love your show because it's not just out there cool stuff but you really do like have a tendency to teach people you know in your show like well you and your guests have a tendency to actually yes. like really grow the understanding of the listeners i i, I love it I, I i couldn't i couldn't suggest it more heavily um on a you know on this on this pro wrestling show uh but honestly fantastic podcast everybody go take a listen
3: and and if you want to sample two particularly good shows listen to the one where chris was on because he's been on too and he's one of my favorite guests he's going to be on again in the future but he did a wonderful show on the question of indigene uh he also did a wonderful show on the apocryphal uh the gnostic gospels the uh the apocryphal gospels um no, you did a third show too. You also did the the, the different, uh, uh, basically, uh, Christianity for dummies, meaning the different sects, trying <laughs> to go over the, the, the major sects and what are some of the differences. And uh, some are large and some are small, but he did a wonderful job of doing that. And then uh, he's going to come on again when I do a mythology uh, month and talk about Norse mythology and uh, another one on Mormonism because those of you who know Chris probably know that he was an ordained, mormon minister and did all his missions and everything like that and and so he's gonna tell us all about that very interesting and and somewhat unique um region of christianity but this has little to do with wrestling (laughs) unless they bring mordecai back and he's a mormon which which i totally (laughs) hope they do or elias elias would work in that too
2: that'd be great um yeah you know you and i make a good tag team whenever we do the show you know who doesn't make a good tag team though is. banks and bel-air oh and also Mm -hmm. charlotte and becky um (laughs) this was dumb this was really exceptionally stupid this was advertised as a tag team match
3: Mm -hmm. and
2: to my knowledge this just ended there was no like this basically was just an exercise in which team can work worse together and it ends we're not even told it's a no contest there is no disqualification call they just can't get along so badly that it just goes into the ether so nice. yeah exactly it goes into the ether and then you know the, the they they come out and they're like oh this this can't this isn't how we do things on raw we're gonna restart the match and then it goes away into the ether again
3: nice. so Just to put some fine tuning on that, basically it starts out with Bianca and Sasha fighting over who's going to be first in the ring for a very long, stupidly weird period of time. Um, Skipping a lot of dysfunction on both team sides and and a little bit of offense actually against the other team, but mostly against each other. Uh, They all spill out onto the ramp side or the walkway side of the ring and they're all fighting on the outside for what you think would be a count out or whatever, but instead of there being a count out, they call security. Uh, so you've got, uh, um, uh, oh my God, who, who's the, uh, the Harwan, not Harwani, his, his brother, Devari, Sean Devari, who still somehow works for MLW and WWE comes out. Uh, the other guy, I think his name is Kevin Buck uh, or Pat Buck comes out. Uh, a few other refs, a few other, Jamie Noble was out there to to separate them. The refs are yelling, "Stop, stop!" For whatever reason, they're they're fighting outside. And Adam Pierce, uh, uh, yeah, Pierce, uh, Scrap Iron, Scrap Daddy, and Sonia Deville are yelling, "No, no, no! That's not how we do it on Raw. This is unacceptable because you're not allowed to fight outside, and you can't possibly count that. We promised you a match, and there's going to be a match. So this match is restarting. So it restarts." with basically the same dynamic uh, basically the same finish except for this time there was a count out double disqualification i guess there was never really an announcement as as to that but i guess we're supposed to intuit it whatever it was it was a waste i don't think it did anything to help anyone everyone sort of blocked each other's finishers except for a bunch of bank statements but i don't think anyone looked particularly good in this. And I think it's just a question of who looked least obnoxious. I'm going to go with Bianca looked least obnoxious and most powerful. Charlotte seemed the least interested. Becky seems the most sallow and hollow and emaciated. And Sasha was the hottest.
2: Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, but like this match most is like powerful a really good
3: idea for kill, kill Mary <laughs> fuck, side piece, like, like a new game.
2: I like that I like that yeah um, <clears throat> yeah I, I literally this is my notes after this match I'm really glad I don't do this every
3: week watching yeah. raw
2: <laughs> it's just bad
3: very appropriate
0: notes
2: yeah
3: <laughs> I, I, right. I actually envy I envy your brevity. that was good
2: yeah uh, so next up here we've got uh, do drop winning with a roll up there's a lot of roll-up <laughs> finishes on this damn show too. Like every right, there show, there should be a roll-up.
3: She's a 300-pound woman, so she should be rolling up her opponents.
2: Yeah, of course, she has to get a, a you know a a win out of nowhere. How could someone this large and powerful actually defeat their opponent?
3: I don't even remember who her opponent was. Natty. Natty, right? Okay. Yeah. Another um, tag team, by the way, that was the the only tag team that was not broken up on the women's side was. The champions, uh, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross, who by the way had a segment in the back which led to absolutely nothing, where they run into John Morrison basically meditating and they say, What are you doing? You, because you obviously they haven't recognized someone meditating, doing the, the cheese symbol, the ohms sitting sitting there cross-legged on on some trunks or whatever, um, meaning like luggage type trunks. Uh and he says, you know, I'm trying to channel my chi so that I can share it with the entire WWE universe. I'm assuming that there were dark match segments or main event was being taped either earlier or after and that was going to be on, on one of those shows or, or will be recorded later. And then they walk about two feet away and Rhea goes, do you know what he was talking about and Nikki Ash who just I'm not gonna say she gets more annoying, but she gets no less annoying and no less stupid and no less smiley. And she looks at and she delays and goes, No. Now I'm sorry, but these are two grown-up women. They don't know what a chi is. I mean, maybe they think he's goofy, maybe they think it's weird, maybe they're wondering why this Hollywood guy is is going all Zen Buddhist Hindu on them, whatever it is. Um but for them not to know what he's saying, I mean, he was speaking, I mean, yoga is a thing. <laughs> I mean, I am sure both those women do yoga. This was stupid. And then they didn't have a match. That was the entire segment for Morrison and them. When I first heard a voice going up to Morrison, I was hoping there was Frankie Monet and they were gonna take her off the nothing she's doing in NXT and pair her with Morrison to build up a, up a little bit. So then when Miz comes back, you know, it can be Miz and Maurice against Morrison and, you know, Frankie, which isn't necessarily a great program, but at least it's Something. a concept that makes sense.
2: Yeah. No, I agree that the whole, th- that was actually the next segment, the, the Morrison segment. And I, I was watching this and I was like, is the point of this that like, oh look John Morrison he's such a weirdo he meditates (laughs) what a weirdo (laughs) is that was that the point of this writing I was I was watching it and I'm thinking like did now they don't even know their audience because their audience like wrestling fans are generally like a kind of eclectic bunch right but there's a lot of people involved you know, who, who love pro wrestling who are very much the hippy dippy types, very much the kind and I'm not even I don't consider myself a hippy dippy type I meditate like I always try to take a few minutes in the day to sort of center myself. You know, if I'm if I'm struggling with something or whatever, I'll I'll take a few minutes to try to just turn everything off and just focus on my breathing for a few minutes. And this is something that I think that a lot of people do. This is not like this is not a fad. This is not, you know, uh, essential oils that we're talking about. We're talking about meditation. Right. This is a thing that
3: combat athletes, combat (laughs) athletes. But I have five syllables for the wrestling world. D, D p yoga yeah
2: the whole thing was like what are they why why like okay like <laughs> 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 he meditates <laughs> <laughs> this is good shit pal <laughs> <laughs> what a loser
3: <laughs> the only thing that saved this from not being the worst segment was the backstage segment with drew and biggie where they're like Pretending to do, I guess, a super powers unite type of handshake that was totally spontaneous and not planned. And then their fake laughter when they decided to, we'll meet in the ring. (laughs) It it was like the end of like a cheesy comedy movie where it's supposed to be cheesy. Honestly.
2: And I mean, I love John Morrison. I like I think that they could really do something interesting with John Morrison. So I this was dumb. him, him and him and Ricochet as a tag team would be amazing. That would be pretty cool, actually. Yep. <laughs> I never thought I had. That's not something that I had thought of. But man, those two would be fun to watch. I'm sure that they could come up with a really interesting tag team finisher, too. Absolutely. All right. Well,
3: speaking Rivaling of tag power teams, and glory.
2: Yes. Well, speaking of tag teams, since we haven't already seen enough tag teams that don't get along in this show. <sighs>
3: one more time Jesus.
2: okay yeah Uh, we've got one more time here as drew and biggie face off against the usos um you know drew and biggie basically do the thing where they're you know they, they have a little bit of trouble communicating but they're working it out uh to try to win the match they uh like this was supposed to be the main event of the show yep Right and they they worked pretty hard I felt like everybody in here was working pretty hard they did a pretty decent little match with the time that they had. Yeah, um, Drew,
3: Drew got busted open hard way. he had a not the size of a golf ball on his right temple. yeah he's going to look great tomorrow.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and the match ends in a count out. yep. It's just roll up and count out city tonight on, on WWE raw, huh? Like we're not, we're not doing anything interesting at all. It's like, it's like somebody came to like the writers meeting and was like, Hey, you know, it would be awesome guys if we did nothing cool at all on the show. Like exactly. even by accident, like we, we gotta, we gotta really work at it so that even accidentally Nothing, nothing interesting
3: good. happens on this show nothing good whatsoever i mean and, I, and i'm sure if they could edit it out they would edit out the blue <laughs> andrew said and the out of his head, which was the high point of the show but yeah i mean the Usus come in you see them scheming in, in the back in the entrance the gorilla position yeah we we're going to really make sure we're going to do roman's mission complete the mission and they're definitely not going to be on the same page on this again who cares romans facing brock lesnar and Big E and Drew McIntyre are facing each other. What the hell does he care who wins? If anything, he should want Drew to win so he has a chance to get both the WWE and Universal titles on SmackDown and be the undisputed, like highest of high tribal chiefs of all the tribes—the the one king who rules them all kind of thing. But not even not even that was the goal. So anyway, the Usos, you know, made them pay, yes, there was dissension. uh, But even after the Usos sort of laid them out after the double count out, uh, the he the faces made a comeback and beat up the Usos, but then turned their attention back to each other. And Drew hit Biggie with a claymore. And you know, which is, I I guess they didn't want Drew to hit them with the claymore and get a pin, which is why they changed the match. Um, But that's sort of booking 101 before a pay-per-view to give the idea that that guy might win and they usually won't. Uh, you know, so they gave us the Claymore moment, but we never saw a three count. And yeah, this, this was absolute and utter, utter garbage. And it was basically a two-foot distance Claymore, not the typical, you know, eight-foot-run eight eight-foot run Claymore. Yep. Um, so that was Monday Night
2: Raw. And um, wow, am I ever happy that's over and um you know this show was fun you know i got a chance to to come on here and talk with you jeff and that's always great um entertaining as always um we but try. but honestly jimmy like i don't care if you die next week you need to do this show cuz i i cannot watch raw again. don't you um, at least want
3: the passwords to everything and and the <laughs> rss feed and stuff like that
2: Oh <laughs> uh, man all right uh well uh yeah. Next up here, we're going to be doing some other stuff for the for the uh, for this week. Uh, Jimmy has talked to me. He said he figures he's going to be around f- and be good to go for uh, for the skirmish. If he's not, um, we'll uh, we'll cover for him. We'll do the best we can to sort of cover and, uh, and make sure that the show gets uh, gets talked about.
3: Well, the good news for everyone and Jimmy is that Dynamite is preempted on Wednesday, so. We only have NXT to worry about. I will watch that tomorrow, uh, just in case. So if I am needed tomorrow and you are needed tomorrow, and that's and that's the team that Jimmy wants to put together, uh, that I will be prepared to do that tomorrow. Wednesday night we'll probably have the night off. But if it doesn't work out tomorrow, we could do it Wednesday night instead. Uh, Thursday night there is no actual wrestling because that doesn't count, uh, or at least I don't count it. <laughs> no. Um, I. We'll watch MLW, but since it doesn't go on until ten, it's. Be, uh, I, I don't think we're going to do a podcast just to vote the Dark Side of the Ring and MLW. But if, if, if they call in and say, "Hey, can you do it?" Maybe I can. Maybe I can. I usually do Hammerlock Hangover uh, on Thursday nights, but not exclusively. But yeah, then we have SmackDown and Rampage on Friday, and again, you know, we'll work it out for you, the audience, and for you, Jimmy T. Uh, we will work it out. And- get all the shows covered, if not by us, by some combination of the Coalition of the will.
2: We'll make it happen. Uh, Jeff, tell them where they can find you and uh, plug your stuff. I know, I know we sort of have throughout the show, but go ahead and do it again so that people don't forget.
3: Yeah. Real quick, Hammerlock Hangover is a wrestling podcast. I do with Big Daddy Cool, Steve Pena. It's the weekend wrestling minus most things New Japan. Don't cover it and not a lot of the Indies, but the major uh Um, promotions, ratings, news, etc., conversation, lately a lot of argument. Um, Garden of Doom, I think we've already given it pretty good billing, but everything from talking to black Israelites about what is black Israelites, to something as frivolous as reviewing the 1970s Sid and Marty Krop show, Land of the Lost, and everything in between. Uh, had a former Scientologist on. You know talking about that whole ordeal. i've had someone talk about transpermia uh, so and uh, you know we've, we've, i've had hosts of great podcasts like the eastern border our fake history uh the history of africa um and not to mention chris Andrews who's a podcaster of course and uh, some of your favorite wrestling podcasters like uh, kevin castle's been on Drew Yari has been on he did a very heartfelt mcu uh review. It's about two and a half hours long, but we went through Hulk, through Black Widow and into the future. Um, so, yeah, it's two and a half hours, but <laughs> it's, if you want a primer for the MCU uh, with love from Drew, you got it. So, anyway, check out Garner and Doom. It's a variety show, so even if you don't like one episode, chances are you like it. Um On Twitter, I'm at IcarusFellMD. Um, Icarus is I-C-A-R-U-S. Like, happy angel like Steve always says no the the Greek tragic figure who flew too close to the sun which is why he fell and MD as a doctor but in this case Maryland MD
2: cool yeah well Jeff thank you so much for being on with me um thanks for suggesting this uh it worked out really good if anybody out there wants to uh follow me um my twitter is uh Chris Ams uh, one the number one so it's at Chris Ams and the number one. How do you say
3: uh, one in Canada? Uh, One in Canada. We learn a lot here.
2: Yeah, we do. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, if you didn't watch Raw this week, uh, don't. Uh, if you did Monster watch time. Raw this week, I, I'm so sorry. And uh, hopefully we were able to help you through that. Um, for Jimmy T, who is, uh, again, under the weather, uh, but will not be next week. Please, Jimmy. Please don't uh, <laughs> I am Christopher Rams. Uh, that's been Jeff Littman and uh, you can listen to the PWC Raw uh, Review. Thanks a lot.
3: Stay well, my friends.
0: to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hami Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hami Media Group at patreon.com for great free daily content, as well as off the top rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A-Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now... The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to Zordo'sOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBroaster's.com stevierichardsfitness.com get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you hear from the pros who live the biz bro with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes it's gotta be Russosbrand.com bro. Again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at HMG and now it's time to be entertained.